This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, it is me, Dustin Gold. You're listening to pain.tv slash gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. Yes, it is, folks. All right, all right, here we go. God bless the Amish, that's all I have to say. All right, let me just catch you back up quickly on Dr. Charles Morgan III. And I'm not going to go through the whole bio. We went through that. Two episodes ago, folks, that was on episode 38. Excuse me. I just drank some tea and I've got the hiccups now. Um, But no, that was episode 38. If you want to go back and get his full bio, I'm just going to read you the short bio real quick. Dr. Morgan is a professor in the Department of National Security at the University of New Haven, uh, Henry C. Lee College of Criminal Justice and Forensic Sciences. Dr. Morgan is a forensic psychiatrist former intelligence officer yeah that's with the cia and neuroscientist the focus of his teaching is national security domestic and international intelligence analysis issues in deception and psychological operations okay psychological operations we're always told we're conspiracy theorists when we talk about these but they are real dr morgan is the director of the national security research laboratory at university of new haven and has grants from the united states government yes he works for the government his research is focused on enhancing the detection of deception and on improving the indirect assessments of human personalities he also helps pick people for elite um squads like the uh navy seals and such and so what we're watching right now is a lecture that dr morgan gave let's see it's called uh it's on neurology uh neurobiology and war and this was uh, a group of cadets and faculty at west point military academy about a range of topics including psychology neurobiology and the science of humans at war and so the first part that we reviewed with you he was going through uh brain interface technology like elon musk uh neuralink company that launched in 2016 but he was showing that the scientists back in 2008 i believe it was um installed a brain chip inside of a monkey 
and had it doing the same experiments that Elon Musk showed publicly in like 2020. They were doing it back in 2008. And then in 2013, they implanted a brain chip inside of a paraplegic human and manipulated his mind and had him controlling a robotic arm with his mind. And if you remember yesterday in the Super Soldier program stuff that we were covering, specifically a video that I showed you, it was a four-minute clip from Dr. Adam Henschke, and he's a big national security expert, and he was talking about the ability to augment humans by installing uh, like robotic arms and stuff that make them more powerful. So as I keep telling you, don't let them tug at your heartstrings. Try not to fall into that trap. I know it's hard because you're a human and you love people and you're probably good-natured, but the end goal is not to give paraplegics arms so that they can hug their children. The end goal is that they are building cyborgs. Okay, they are building cyborgs utilizing military men, veterans of the United States military as guinea pigs, as well as people in the general public as Elon Musk is actively recruiting every day now. Uh, for human trials for the Neuralink brain chip. And I told you his job is to normalize and humanize and basically launch the adoption campaigns into the public based on technologies that the government was developing uh, way before Elon Musk, the real-life Tony Stark Iron Man, had them in his possession. All right, let's pick right back up where we left off, off in uh, episode 38, I believe it was. So what you're seeing is people struggled with how to get the electrodes on the surface of the brain, how to do the brain learning. The computer algorithms have improved. This is by trial and error as it begins to recognize what the subject's brain is doing. But after that, if you look at that as a scientific development in medicine, you can quickly see the possibilities that emerge. Okay, so if you remember, this is where we left off. He was showing the video of the paraplegic who had the brain chip put inside of his brain to control the uh, Terminator arm, right, using sort of a mind pong uh programs similar to what elon musk macaque monkey did with the monkey mind pong and so now this guy is talking to a room full of cadets and staff at west point and he's smiling after showing the video of this paraplegic having a robot arm and he goes imagine imagine the possibilities he didn't say oh isn't that heartwarming right didn't tug at his uh, heartstrings he said imagine the possibilities okay this is where we're picking up right where we left off right they're playing with motor function and linking it to thought so the next step really when you think about it was to um, simultaneously try it with uh, another another non-human animal and find out if she could run a robot on the other side of the planet. And the okay, okay. So, you hear what he said now? He's got a um, slide up on the screen. It says, body is like a water bubble. And if you remember correctly, uh, I mean, if you remember... He had uh, mentioned this in the episode 38 piece. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. I believe it's the second half of the show we get into this video. And so now he's talking about can they implant this brain chip into an animal that can control a robot around the other side of the world. The essence of this experiment is 
At first, she had to walk on the treadmill to keep the robot walking that she could observe on the computer screen. And then she just stopped walking, and it would run the robot in Japan. So you can have a brain here in the United States plugged in, running a robotic device, a mechanical device, via the internet somewhere else in the world. Okay, so let me point this out to you because it's very clear. This is a teaching moment here. For any of you who think I'm a heartless ass, <laughs> I told you that this is not about giving a paraplegic a set of robotic arms so that he can hug his child for the first time. He is a guinea pig for these Frankenstein doctors. So let's say you were able to give him these robotic arms that he could hug his child with. Then the next step would do make them work better, more efficiently, be able to uh, complete more tasks, you know, that your real life arms and hands can do. And then you'd skin them with a prosthetic silicone with hairs punched in, you know, like a Hollywood makeup artist. Uh, there are prosthetic uh, makers in the health industry that do this. And you make them look beautiful like real arms. And then you repaired the guy. He's as real as he's going to be, right? But now, what do they do next? Simultaneously, they start working on, oh, can we put a brain chip inside of a human to control a robot on the other side of the world well what the hell does that have to do with giving a paraplegic metal arm so he could hug his child why would you now want a brain chip inside a human's head that can control some kind of a robot uh, probably a killer robot because I don't think they're going to have me sitting here in the state of Maryland controlling a robot in Japan that makes sushi for people all right so just think about it think of think of the leap they just made these are the scientists and engineers this is why i just brought this up to you about the technocratic transhumanist ideology everything to them is about streamlining humans shall not get in the way ethics shall not get in the way morals shall not get in the way mother nature shall not get into the way the creator shall not get in the way. God shall not get in the way. Natural life shall not get in the way. No, no, no. Everything is about streamlining. So you've got these scientists and these engineers. Many of them have no morals or values. Many of them atheists. And I'm not saying, you know, look, again, I'm not pushing Christianity or anything. I'm just saying when you have zero respect for any sort of higher power, any sort of intelligent design, any sort of creation, creator. This is where you go with it, folks. Everything is a science project to them. Everything is re-engineering everything because they believe they are the gods. And so everything has to be re-engineered to their vision, to their worldview. Everything is this endless progress this is the disease of progressivism but it will move to the point where they progress to the level of the engineering of humanity out of existence when you put these type of progressive mentality people in charge of a county 
a town. They always keep pushing growth, 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 growth. Why do they want everything to be like New York City? Till you get to the point in New York City and then they say, wow, this is overpopulated. It's disgusting. Now we can't have cars. Now we have to have trains. Now we're going to have people live in their apartments and never leave. Everything's going to be remote. See, their progress, there's no end goal in mind. It's just this continuing progress to socially engineer, then scientifically engineer, biologically engineer everything to the point where the natural world no longer exists because these God wannabe hackers, hijackers, and pirates continually work to engineer natural life out of existence because in their mind, in their sick minds, natural life is not perfect. Natural life is not streamlined. Natural life leaves too much open to question. And they, the scientists, want to engineer the outcome. And this is where Dennis Bushnell, the chief scientist of NASA in the last 40 years, says, we have entered the phase of the human evolution of humans, in which we humans will hijack our own natural evolution and try to steer the direction. But the direction is going to be the end of humanity. This is why I keep telling you this. You cannot let these scientists and engineers be in charge because they're only looking at whatever their version, their lab version of perfection is, streamlining humanity out of existence. So that was pretty cool. It also has some fun implications. If you see now, where do you imagine this going when you think of it as an offensive or defensive opportunity with respect to the intelligence community? The natural segue then would be, if I can send motor function from a brain to a mechanical arm, is it possible to send motor functions from one human to another human? Okay, okay, pause there for a second. I'm sorry, this is going to take a while to get through, but this is important. This is very, very important. He says, after looking at the test of putting a brain chip inside an animal that can control a robot around the world... He says, now, from an intelligence perspective, we look at that as offensive or defensive, right? So how can we defend with it? How can we go on offense with it? All right, this is what a guy like him is trained to think about. And now he's saying, if we can utilize this brain interface to control the uh, prosthetic arms that we give to the amputee to hug his child, and then we can progress to putting a brain chip in an animal who can then control a robot halfway around the world. Well, what's the next level of perfection, folks? How do we streamline this further? How do we make this more perfect for us, for us mad scientists? Well, then he says, can we use this technology to control someone else. Let's listen to this one more time. It also has some fun implications. If you see now, where do you imagine this going when you think of it as an offensive or defensive opportunity with respect to the intelligence community? The natural segue then would be, if I can send motor function from a brain to a mechanical arm, is it possible to send motor functions from one human to another human? Listen to that. There you go, folks. Engineering mind control. From one human to another human. All right. That's complex. Think about it for a moment.
It falls in line. Remember, we did Elon Musk a while ago. That stuff was a little easier than this. But he talked about the ability to transfer data packets back and forth between humans without them having to talk. So now we're seeing one of the government-backed actual scientists, actual engineering types here, right? This guy involved with military technology who's funded by the government going through this stuff in more depth in a creepier fashion than Musk on Joe Rogan where he laughs about it, giggles about it, smokes a joint, and drinks some whiskey. So just absorb this, the ability for a human to control another human. All right? Think about the possibilities of what that looks like. Think about some scenarios in which maybe you've seen this happen before. Maybe it's happened already. All right? Just absorb that. Think about it. I will pass some data on to you. Sit tight, folks. This is my brain talking to you. Sit tight while we take a quick break. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv slash gold, and I am your host, Dustin Gold. All right, folks, I hope you absorb that. Humans controlling other humans. Through mind control, <laughs> I would say we would call that mind control, folks. All right, let's jump right into this. Here we go. Dr. Charles Morgan III. So I call it the possession experiment. Oh, he calls it the possession experiment. And he's got, uh, for those of you, um, wow. So for those of you not watching the video, the photo that he has up on the projector screen is a person's head tilted backwards, okay, with the mouth open, and then there is a hand, like a Freddy Krueger hand, coming out of the person's mouth, which is forward over the person's eyes, and they're like gripping their forehead. And he calls this the possession experiment. And now, just think about this for a moment. This gentleman is a professor at the University of New Haven, formerly with Yale University, former CIA for a number of years, helps select basically Navy SEAL special operators, and he's lecturing cadets and staff at West Point Military Academy. And now he's going to talk about the possession experiment. Here we go. And the, the video, he's getting the video rolling here. It's on it's that one, yeah. Just to hover the... Uh, there. So now it says, body is like a water bubble. Possession. There you go. Right there. All right. Oh, 
for our weekly tech report. Now, do you know the phrase brain power? Well, it turns out that scientists at the University of Washington are trying to hone that power and transmit it to another brain. Researchers call it direct brain-to-brain -brain communication, and they do it by passing a signal from one mind to the next, using the internet nonetheless. So does it sound a little sci-fi, Star Trek my Mel, Jedi mind trick inception-esque to you? Well, it did to me too. So I brought one of the researchers onto the show to tell me how it works. Dr. Andrea Stoko is an assistant research professor at the University of Washington, and he told me why this concept is not as weird as it sounds. Oh, uh, it's not so science fiction. We use uh, currently existing technologies to read uh, the brain patterns in a person and uh, to transmit them to another different person. Okay, okay, so this is uh, this is a video, an interview that was on RT, okay? And so this guy is a PhD, and he is talking about reading the brain patterns and then transmitting them to another human, reading the, the brain patterns from one human transmitting to another human. And we can only do it with very simple uh, impulses right now, like muscle commands to control the hand, for instance. So it's not that science fiction. It was definitely possible years ago. It's just that we were the first to try it. Sure. So can you go into a little bit more detail about how specifically it works, what you need from the person, and also what you need from wireless mm -hmm. internet to, to make it come together? Okay, so hold on. So you heard what he said. He said this was technically possible before, but they were the first ones to try it. Now, I, I don't necessarily believe that, but let's just go off of what he says. He said that they were the first ones to try it. And so what they're doing is they're trying to utilize one person's brain power to basically control the hand of another person. And so she asked him sort of to explain the internet signal and such needed to actually make this happen. Yes, uh, it works more or less like this. A person is sitting on a chair, and we call this person the first brain or the sender, and is connected to an EEG cap. The EEG cap detects electrical activity all around the brain and is capable of recognizing when the brain patterns are those that a person produces when he's... Okay, are you understanding this? So he's got one person sitting in a chair, they're called the sender, and he has an accent, so that's why I'm just stopping this for a minute. So he's got the sender sitting in a chair with a brain cap on, and it's reading the signals of his brain. He's trying to move the right hand, or he's thinking about moving the right hand. His brain patterns are interpreted by a computer who then controls a second computer who is connected over the internet, and the second computer actually uh, controls a stimulating coil that produces a magnetic field, and it's the magnetic field that is eventually directed over the head in such a way as to reproduce the particular command in a selected part of the brain. <clears throat> in this case, the part of the brain that controls the right hand. The Okay, so basically what he's saying is he's got these two guys, the sender and the receiver, and then they're transferring the brain pattern, the reading from the sender over to the receiver, and then the computer's interpreting the move and then sending the signal to the receiver. Let's see uh, what else he says here. Wireless connection enters only in the communication between the two computers. The two computers can be in the same room and connected physically, or they can be in any part of the world and talking to each other through the internet. So I won't, you can watch the video, but essentially what's happening is when one person is playing the video game, they're not using their hands. They're simply looking at targets. 
What's going on in the other room is a transcranial magnetic stimulation device that creates a magnetic field that excites neurons. And it's the other man's hand that begins to move. And it's... Okay, you hear this, folks? So they have the... Uh, let, let, let's just go back, because let's get this down. This is a piece of technology that I've got to write down here. Computers can be in the same room and connected physically, or they can be in any part of the world and talking to each other through the internet. So... I won't, you can watch the video, but essentially what's happening is when one person is playing the video game, they're not using their hands. They're simply looking at targets. What's going on in the other room is a transcranial magnetic stimulation device. Transcranial electronic stimulation. You got a transcranial electronic stimulation device. And so the, that's sending the signal from the sender like if I was going to control you, I would have on the cap, I would say move right hand or whatever I'm thinking. It goes to my computer, then it's going to send that signal through the internet, go through the other computer, and then go down into the transcranial electronic stimulation helmet that you're wearing that then is going to control your hand. Ice that creates a magnetic field that excites neurons, and it's the other man's hand that begins to move and hits the targets. So you've co-opted the portion of a body of another human and then their hand can behave in the way that you want it to do. His goal, you'll see later if you download the video, is he would like to have a cap that you could put on and have a surgeon direct your hands to do battlefield surgery or something somewhere else in the world where they don't have a doctor who has the technical skills. You can put on the cap and your hands become an extension of that expert's body. Pause, 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 pause. Okay, there you go, folks. Again, tugging at the heartstrings, right? So how many situations are occurring in the world in which there is not a doctor to perform an operation? So let's just say we're in, uh, I don't know, somewhere in Africa, and a guy in a loincloth with a spear Okay, nothing wrong with that. I like it, actually. I'm thinking of moving there and joining that natural world. He's hunting a lion, and the lion jumps out of the bush, and it bites the man. And so now the man is laying there in the field, and he's bleeding. The lion leaves at this point. The lion is not interested. He realizes, ah, that guy doesn't taste too good. Uh, he tastes like lion because he eats lion. And so now there's no one there to perform this surgery on him. So guess what they have in the hut? They have a transcranial electronic stimulation device hooked up to a special computer plugged into the internet. And so now a wonderful doctor, I don't know, Abe Greenberg or something. Dr. Abe Greenberg is in New York City. And so Dr. Abe Greenberg, he is sitting at home in his indoor pool in his Skyrise apartment in the Upper West Side of New York City. And so Dr. Abe Greenberg puts on his transcranial electronic stimulation cap. He fires up his supercomputer, and he makes sure he has a steady Internet connection. And then he begins to operate with his hands while controlling the hands of the witch doctor in Africa who's performing surgery on this poor gentleman who was bitten right where his loincloth was, by the lion and so that's why we have to develop this type of technology because we are the transhumanist technocrats we are the scientists and the engineers and we want to be able to save everyone and dr abe greenberg should be able to sell his services on fiverr.com performing 
genital surgery from anywhere to anywhere in the world via the transcranial electronic stimulation device. I hope you got that, folks. That was a commercial. Uh, use my promo code GOLD over at transcranialelectronicstimulationdevice.com. <laughs> I'm kidding, folks. I'm kidding. But you see how this works? This is how they humanize the technology by telling you that's what it's going to be used for. Now, what comes into my conspiratorial mind? I don't know. Were there any mass school shootings that happened where someone somehow was being sent mind control brainwaves through some transcranial stimulation device? Electronic stimulation device somewhere in the middle of a high school? Maybe they were mind controlled. I don't know, and the next thing you know, they're shooting up a school, but it's really some Navy SEAL in a bunker somewhere pulling the trigger with his mind, not the kid. I don't know, maybe Stephen Paddock in Las Vegas. I'm not saying this happened. I'm saying these are the kind of things, if I was this man, Dr. Charles Morgan, and I just happened to stumble upon the video of the gentleman from University of Washington talking about the transcranial electronic stimulation device to be used in operations from a doctor to a novice all around the world, the first thing I would be thinking if I was a mad scientist psychopath like him is, yeah, how could we use this in nefarious ways? Because after all, that is his job. That is why the United States government employs him to come up with sick, sadistic things to do with this Frankenstein technology. Ladies and gentlemen, I am going to take a break. I've got to think about this for a minute before we come back because this kind of stuff starts to make me explode inside and i need to send some brain signals out to a friend of mine where he can lift a beer and drink it because i don't drink alcohol right now ladies and gentlemen i'm dustin gold this is the dustin gold standard and you're listening to pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 